Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. blessed to be at uh, our annual music conference with Haven Pentecostal Church Friday night and Saturday and uh, just had a had a wonderful time um, in the Lord and now here we are on Sunday and uh, we're, we're thankful for God's presence today. Uh, I don't know about you but by the time Sunday gets here I need him. Life's just tough sometimes. And if we're honest with ourselves, uh, just like our vehicles, the tank can go empty a little bit. And uh, I, I, I need him in my life, and uh, I appreciate him in my life. Uh, so uh, it's always good to be here and to be in God's house. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 30, I'll not keep you standing this morning, says, The light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart. And a good report maketh bones fat. Well, I must have a good report. I got some fat bones this morning. Some of y'all get that when you wake up. The CEV version, I'm starting off in trouble already, says a friendly smile makes you happy and good news makes you feel strong for a few minutes this, today I, I don't know I don't know whether I'll preach teach or go travel somewhere back and forth but I want to talk to you this morning on this subject don't lose your smile don't lose your smile. I wonder if you would just lift your hands for a moment and let's pray to God and ask him to bless us today. Jesus, we, we love you. We, we are here today, God, to praise you and to magnify you today. God, to lift you up high, for there's none like you. And God, we've done everything that we know to do at this point. Now we're asking you to do what only you can do, and that is anoint your word, anoint them, the, the lips of this man that speaks your word this morning. Anoint our hearts to accept and understand and hear and on our ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. God, and will not fail to return praise and thanksgiving to you in the lovely name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. As you're seated, why don't you turn again and smile at somebody real big. Come on, smile till your teeth are dry. Some of you need to smile so big that your neighbor can see the broccoli you ate last week. Lord, have mercy. Don't lose your smile. Smile. They can be as unique as the person they're attached to. Smile may be the most common and flexible expression used to reveal some emotions and even cover up others. The smile can be categorized based on its look and use of certain facial muscles. 
There is what, and I didn't make these names up, all right? This, this is out there. Some scientist did this that's smarter than me. But they've categorized at least three categories of smiles. There is the reward smile, the affiliative smile, and the dominance smile. There's probably others, but these are the category names that they've attached to a few. The reward smile is the kind of smile you would use with a baby in order to try to solicit them to smile back at you. Now, I would dare say some of you parents have made some awful-looking faces that may not be categorized as a smile in order to try to get a baby to have some emotion back to you. I might have been guilty of that a time or two as well. And usually whenever I try it, they end up crying. It don't go so well. The affiliative smile communicates tolerance and, or acknowledgement and shows that you're not a threat. The dominant smile, however, is used to signify status and manage social hierarchies. Smiles can show if you're happy. Some people smile when they're nervous. Some people smile when they're pensive, when they're unsure. They really don't know what emotion's right for the moment, so their face just kind of smiles. It's not because they're happy. It's just, it just kind of happens. You know, just, this isn't in my notes, but just to kind of show how the smile can, can happen, um, this is just a, a quick excerpt here, because this, this is a much lengthier discussion. But uh, in the days before the bombing of, of Pearl Harbor, or leading up to it, uh, there were Japanese officials that were uh, seen coming out of some of our government agencies and they were seen coming out smiling. And it was often thought that they were smiling because of what was about to happen in Pearl Harbor. But if you know anything about the Japanese culture, they were smiling because they were nervous. Had nothing to do with Pearl Harbor. Just the timing just made it look that way. So we're not much different than that. Sometimes some of you smile when you're nervous. Kind of give a little, little grimace, you know. Sometimes we smile when we lack understanding. Some people smile when they're lying. I smile sometimes when I'm telling the truth and my wife still don't believe me. The smile and the, I guess, the half laugh that comes with it kind of makes her think I'm not telling the truth. That I'm trying to pull one over on her. I don't know why she thinks that. Some people smile when they're flirting or contemplating agreement. Some people smile when they're trying to convince you of something. And the obvious, some people smile when they're excited. One person said a smile is an inexpensive way to improve your looks. That's interesting. Proverbs 15 and 13, I'm going to be reading this verse in the CEV version. I've asked Brother Zach to continue to go ahead and put our, our King James on the screen because we don't have that version in our, our media system, but at least you can have a point of reference. But in the CEV it says, Happiness makes you smile. and Sorrow can crush you. Anybody ever relate to that? The mood swing between happiness and sorrow. 
Two different worlds. Two completely different emotions. I come across an article that was titled, How You Can Tell When It's Going to Be a Rotten Day. I hope you don't relate to this, but how you can tell when you wake up it's going to be a rotten day. You wake up face down on the pavement. You call suicide prevention and they put you on hold. You see, you see a 60 Minutes news team waiting in your office. Your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. Grandparents' day might not have been the right day to say that one. My apologies. You turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. Your twin sister forgot your birthday. I hear my wife laughing now. Your car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of hell's angels on the freeway. Your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. Ooh, that brings back memories. The bird singing outside your, outside your window is a buzzard. You wake up and your braces are locked together. Let me tell you, that's uncomfortable. You call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. Your income tax check bounces. You put both contact lenses in the same eye. And your wife says, good morning, Bill, and your name is George. That'd be a bad day. Lord, have mercy, that'd be a bad day. Proverbs 17 and 22, again in the CEV, says, If you are cheerful, you feel good. If you are sad, you hurt all over. There's a lot of truth to that. The emotion of sadness can really inflict the body. And it's a real emotion. And it's also a real emotion that if you're cheerful, you feel good. One tired waitress said to another, I always start the day with a smile to get it over with. Sometimes that's how we feel. Truth be told, sometimes you smile because that's all you've got left. Sometimes you smile because you got what you asked for. That can be rough. And yes, there's a bit of sarcasm in that. For several years, a woman had been having trouble getting to sleep because she feared burglars would attack her home. One night, her husband heard a noise in the house, so she went downstairs. Her husband went downstairs to investigate. When he got there, he did find a burglar. And he said, good evening. I'm the man of the house. I'm pleased to meet you. Please come upstairs and meet my wife. She's been waiting for 10 years to meet you. Sometimes you get what you expect. Sometimes that's that way with our joy. Life, ladies and gentlemen, can be hard. 
I would dare say in 2021, life could find every one of us with a story of some difficulty. It may be sickness, maybe it's COVID related or not, because believe it or not, I can remember pre-pandemic, I, I still had troubles. All of my troubles didn't start in 2020. There are things in the world happening that's not COVID. And I mean no disrespect to that uh, or, or any, any impact that may or may not have had to any of your family members or you yourselves. I, I do understand it is a, a virulent disease and we pray for anyone who is attacked by it. But life, just life can bring about things and circumstances and happenings that we didn't ask for. Life can bring things that you didn't desire. Psalms 126 and verse number 2 reads, Then was our mouth filled with laughter. And our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Here's the fact of the matter, church. Because God has done great things for us, we can be glad. Now, I say life is life can be hard, and, and I, if we were to pass the microphone to anyone willing today, I would dare say that there's plenty of testimonies of some of that hardness. But if, I want you to look around you this morning, and particularly I want you to notice some members of our more mature elder generation that are here today that are here today as a testament to life may not be fair, life may not always be good, and I may not always want to put a smile on my face, but whenever the day ends and the sun sets and I get ready to prepare for a new day, God has still been good to me. He said it himself. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, Jesus said, Lo, I am with you. Thank you. Always. Always. Tell me when there's not a time that always covers. When I'm sad, Lo, I am with you. When I'm mad, Lo, I am with you. When I'm on top of the mountain, He's still with me. When I'm walking through the valley, He's still with me. When I'm sick, he's still with Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost now. When I'm about to, about to, on death's door, Sister Margaret, lo, I am with you. When, when I'm not happy with my family, lo, I am with you. When I don't like the circumstances that's come on me that I didn't ask for, lo, I am with you. Jesus will never leave you. Jesus will never stop loving you. Jesus will never walk away from you. But we have 
an adversary today that does not want you to have joy, that does not want you to walk in victory, that does not want you to be happy. He wants you to lose your smile, lose your happiness, lose everything that God wants for you in victory. But the Lord hath done great things for us. Oh, somebody shout amen. Amen. Whereof we are glad. Whereof we're glad. The makeup of a smile. The number of muscles that require a smile. I couldn't find an exact number, but I did find a minimum number. And the minimum number of muscles required to smile is 10. Now, I've often heard, I've often heard that it takes fewer muscles to smile than it does to frown. I actually could not find that to be true. Whenever I researched this, and I looked it up six different ways to make sure I was looking it up correctly, it takes six muscles to frown. And it takes a minimum of 10 to smile. And I'll tell you, I believe that there's a reason for that. And I think that that's why our enemy, the devil, tries to make it so easy for us to lose our joy. Because it's easier to frown. It's easier to walk through life humdrum and sad. It takes a little bit of effort to have joy. Let me explain. It takes effort to smile in the face of defeat. It takes effort to praise God and lift hands to Him and clap and sing songs and worship Him whenever you walk out that door and it seems like nothing's going right. It takes effort whenever friends walk away, family walks away, health's failing, nothing's right. I might as well give up to say I'm not giving up. It takes some effort, but in the effort... I still know he's been good. I gain nothing by frowning. I'm kind of preaching to myself this morning because I'm not known to be the smiler. I like to laugh and cut up. and I've tried to really kind of practice in the last couple years. I've tried to practice how to smile because it's not natural. It's just my facial muscles just... I don't think they were designed for that. I don't know. I just, I've had people, I've had, Lord have mercy, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I've had people tell me, why don't you smile? I tell them, I'm smiling on the inside. I'm happy. There's nothing wrong. But it's just kind of, not frowning, just kind of, you know, maybe stern's the right word. I don't know. I don't know what the word is. Solemn, uh, not sad. But anyway, I've tried to practice, tried to rehearse it. My wife, it's natural. She smiles in her sleep. It's just, it's just natural. If you see her not smiling, there's something wrong. You better pray fast, shave your head bald, sit in sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm telling you, heaven's falling because something is going on. I have to work at it. But I'll tell you what I've found. The more I work at it, it kind of feels good. I, 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 <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm having too much fun this morning. 
Somebody took a picture. I think my wife and I, we don't, we don't do selfies very good. Uh, we, we haven't had enough practice at it, and I guess that's a good thing. But uh, we, uh, we were together recently, and uh, we, I think we, we wanted to capture the moment. We're trying to be more intentional about capturing those moments uh, and not getting 15 years from now and not having a picture of the two of us. So we were together <clears throat> casually. We decided to take a, take a selfie, and by the time we finally, it takes us 10 or 15 minutes to, you know, which direction do I look at and get everything right. And I looked at it, and I thought, I'm smiling pretty good. It looks all right. I can't smile. I didn't know I could do that. Because <clears throat> when I start, it just feels so fake. It just, I think, does that look as fake as it feels? And I'm convinced sometimes it does. But I've noticed the more I practice it, the more natural it's becoming. Now, I'm not, I'm not a professional smiler yet, so don't come and ask for autographs or, or pictures or anything yet, because I've, I've still got some work to do. But, but scientists have even agreed. Listen to this. Scientists have even agreed that if you don't feel good, this is the power of the smile, that if you don't feel good, smile. Even if it's fake. This was not my words. This was science's words that I read in, in an article. It said, even if it's fake, it will trick your brain into believing you feel good and release the necessary chemicals to cause you to feel good. I, I haven't really practiced that yet. But like I said, as I've tried to practice the smile, I've noticed kind of like it. Calories burned. Now, there's a hot topic. Everybody wants to burn calories, I think. Smiles and frowns each burn fractions of calories, so it's almost negligible. But laughter... Laughter. You try laughing without smiling. And if you can do it, I want to see it. You, you send me a video or you come and do it in front of my face because I've got to witness this. I have never seen somebody laugh without smiling. Now, it may not be an ear-to-ear, -ear, you know, toothy smile, but there's going to be some smile in there somewhere. Laughter <clears throat> burns... 50 calories every 10 to 15 minutes. That's 50 calories. You know how many plain M&Ms I can eat for 50 calories? When it's dessert time, you're going to find me smiling. I'm going to burn calories and eat. <laughs> can somebody say amen? That's substantial. Back to Proverbs 17, 22, I'm reading in King James now. A merry heart, we've heard Bishop, I hear his voice in my head. We've heard Bishop say this for years. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Now I know it says, but a broken spirit dryeth the bones. But I want to really just kind of focus on the fact that a merry heart does good like a medicine. That's pretty powerful. If you need a shot in the arm to feel better, 
A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Sometimes, I say this carefully, but I say it sincerely today. If you're not around the right people to make you smile, you might be around the wrong people. Because community matters. And I, I told somebody, I told somebody recently, I had, uh, I had, uh, if somebody sends me a, a friend request on Facebook, now this is, this is what I do, you, you, you do you, do you. Uh, but what I do is if, if I do not know them personally, but there are plenty of church connections, because we're, we're up in front so much in so many different places we go, a lot of times there are people that I may, I just don't know them personally, but they know us. And so if they're wanting to connect, then I want to make that connection because there, there could be some value there. Uh, so if there's mutual church connections, then, then I'll, I'll accept their, their request. That, I did that recently uh, with, with an individual, and then I, I, this has actually happened several times this summer, and then I noticed uh, that their, their, their posts were so negative. I mean, off the charts negative. Not just a, they're having a bad day deal. This, this was representing who they were. And I'll tell you what I did. I went to the appropriate place within my Facebook and I did disconnect. Or unfollow or whatever, whatever it is. Unfriend. Unfriend, I think, is what it is. So I wanted to sever that connection. Now, it's my Facebook. Now, if we want to talk social media 101, I think that's what everybody needs to do. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't have time in my life for negative voices. I need, you need, we need to be in control of what we allow. Because what you ingest and what you digest becomes what you are. What you nourish your spirit with becomes who you are. They say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's either going to be good, maybe somewhere in the middle, or bad. Now only you can decide that, but I'll tell you with the decision I've made, I want to make sure I have the right people in my life. And I've had to walk away from some people before because there were things that I could not allow in my life. Because it's that important. I cannot afford to have my joy robbed and stolen because someone else is feeding me negativity. There's psychology to the smile. Mother Teresa is quoted as saying that peace begins with a smile. There's probably a lot of truth to that. Have you ever had an argument with someone and smiled while you were doing it? You have? I want to see it. That'd be interesting. Smiling, they say, reduces stress. Smiling enhances positive emotions. Smiling can help you appear more approachable. 
Back several years ago when I, I worked at the meatpacking factory in Fort Branch, I was, I think I was 20 years old. And I come in contact with a man. He had worked there for 42 years. Same job. And he was miserable. Miserable. You could tell it. And he walked around with a scour on his face. And if you walked up and said hi to him, he'd say, what do you want? I was 20 years old. Now, I think I was, I was my, my dad always told me I would argue with the signpost. Took me years to figure out that was an insult, not a compliment. <clears throat> so I was trying to be Christian, and I didn't lash back at him. He was older than me. He was an elder. But he was just so, so distressed and unapproachable and mean. He was that way to everybody. So one day... Right or wrong, I go out because I needed to get something from him. And I, I leave, I leave the, the bacon slicing department that I was in, walk through the door. He was managing cardboard boxes and labels, and I went out to get some stuff from him. And he said, what do you want? I said, I want some boxes. And he went. And <laughs> I'll tell you what he did next. He smiled. I hadn't seen the man smile since I'd been there. And then all of a sudden, he smiled. He, well, all right, they're right over here. I was like, who are you? And where have you been for the last six months? Smile makes you more approachable. People didn't want to approach him until you got past that barrier. The biology of the smile, smiling activates tiny molecules in your brain that are designed to fend off stress. These molecules are called neuropeptides, and they facilitate communication between the neurons in your brain. So when you smile, your brain releases dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin. These neurotransmitters are associated with lowering anxiety and increasing feelings of happiness. Serotonin is often the chemical that antidepressant medications are attempting to regulate. Smile. I would dare say today, this is, this, I haven't done research on this, this is just what I feel in my spirit. I would dare say today that we are fighting such mental distress and anxiety because people are losing their happiness, their joy, and their smile. Mental distress is real. Mental health issues, depression, anxiety, ladies and gentlemen, we need to accept the fact that even in the church is real. It's been frowned on too often in the church as being something that's just unspiritual, but I'm telling you, it's a real problem. It's a qualified problem. And I believe that that there are often times where God helps through the aid of counseling. God aids through the help of medication. I believe God can also aid through the help of his word. Sometimes it's a combination of all three of those. Because our enemy, now whether you, whether you think you've got enemies or not, you do. 
And it may not be in this flesh, it may not be in this natural life that you can see, but I'm telling you today, if you go to church, if you profess Christianity, if you believe in Jesus and you are trying to do everything you can do by the Word of God, that you have crossed the line that when you get to that, that side, because when you're walking with God, you've got to take a side. There, there is no middle, middle ground where you can... The Bible said, Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. All right, so you can't stand in the middle and be successful in God because you're going to be too churchy for the world and too worldly for the church. You're just going to be stuck in the middle. So if you're going to walk with God, you've got to take a side. You're either with God or you're not. And I know that sounds awfully black and white for 2021, but that's still true. That's still the Word of God. So when that happens... You have effectively, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning, I just, I just want to prove a point. You have effectively put a type of a target on your back that the devil notices. Oh, they're a child of God. And then we become targets of our enemy who then want to rob us of our joy. I heard all while growing up that if the devil's not bothering you, he's already got you. And I think there's a fabric of truth to that. There is no better life than living for God. There is no better life. But that life is not perfect. Let, let me rephrase, and let me just be real and transparent with you this morning. Serving God in and of itself does not solve all of my problems. Now, we need to understand that, because I believe that's why some people get frustrated. They come to God, and they still got problems, and they don't understand. Serving God doesn't solve my problems. Serving God does put me in relationship with the problem solver. Serving God does give me the strength I need that when God doesn't intervene, that I can still hold my head up high and I can still walk. I can still put one foot in front of the other, whereas before I might have turned to the bottle, I might have turned to medicine, I might have turned to drugs, now I can turn to God. So our enemy wants to rob us of our joy. Because if he can rob your joy, if he can rob your smile, if he can rob your laughter, if he can rob you of all the good things in life, what do you have left? It's an article titled, The Top Ten Reasons to Smile Every Day. Smiling helps you live longer. It's a study from 2010 found that genuine intense smiling is associated with longer life. Smiling relieves stress, even, even, according to the scientist, even when it's a fake smile. Practice it, it'll help you. Smiling elevates mood. We already talked about that. Smiling is contagious. Now, I'll tell you, as, as a traditional non-smiler, okay, 
as a non-smiler in rehab. All right, I'm a rehabilitating non-smiler. You can resist the urge to smile when someone else is smiling. You, you can resist it, but it takes a lot of effort. Now, I, I know, I know from experience, because again, traditional non-smiler, I am married to the smiler of smilers. And you can resist, but it takes, it takes more than ten, it takes more than six muscles to frown, I guarantee you that. You lock in the jaw and you're, you know, you're, you're trying. You're, it's almost spite what you're doing. It's almost spite. Because it's so contagious that if somebody's smiling, some people smile, and when they smile, they just laugh. And when that, that happens, then it makes you want to smile. Now, this isn't in my notes, but it just comes to my mind. Smiling and laughter can be spiritual. Now, some of you looking like I got four heads right now. But I remember Sister Bonnie, who's done gone on to be with the Lord now. But when God would bless her, she didn't run the aisles. She didn't leap. She didn't, she didn't shout. She's kind of a quiet person, unless you made her mad. She's quiet, worshiping. But when she got in the Spirit, those of you that have been around for any length of time know, when she got in the Spirit, it hit her in a, a mode of laughter. Now, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's unique, all right? You don't see it every day, and I prob we probably haven't seen that for years. Another example of how our enemy is trying to rob us of our joy. But she used to get in the Spirit and laugh. And you could be in a worship service, and if you got quiet enough, you could hear her. <laughs> and she'd just laugh, and the next thing you know, five feet over, somebody. <laughs> and then, see, I'm, I'm faking a laugh, and some of you smiling already. You're proving my point. It's contagious. And when the spirit of laughter hits, it really hits. And even us non-traditional smilers are even smiling. A little tear coming out of the corner of the eye laughing so hard. Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Smiling boosts the immune system. Smiling may lower blood pressure. Still unknown how, but studies have shown it to be a fact. Smiling reduces, this is what they say now, I didn't make this up, smiling reduces pain because it releases endorphins and serotonin and other natural painkillers in the body. Smiling makes you attractive. That's why I'm practicing I need all the help I can get. Probably prone to perception. But I tell you, it doesn't hurt anything. We apostolic Christians should not be going around in life looking like prunes. Or raisins. We need to look like grapes. 
smooth. You'll, you'll get it later. <laughs> Somebody's going to leave saying, he told me I need to look like a grape. Don't lose your smile. Smiling suggests success. People appear more confident when they smile. What, what, what happens when you have somebody, if I were to call on some of you, some of you I know well enough to know this to be a fact, if I were to call on, you're fine where you're at. Because this is, this is me up here and it's alright as long as it's somebody else. But if I were to call on you and say, here's the microphone, spend the next 10 minutes glorifying God, you would Not quite a smile, but you, you, you'd, you'd make a face. You, you'd grimace. What, what is that grimace? It, it's, it's a lack of confidence. Oh, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. I've had, I've had people that couldn't get up and talk about me at my birthday, but they could write me a letter. I won't, I won't point her out, but she's smiling more than anybody in the building right now. Because not everybody wants to do this, right? Because it's out of the comfort zone. But smiling can make you appear more confident. Smiling helps you stay positive. Some of you know the situation that my family is going through. Um, I've, I've testified to it some. I haven't told the entire story, but, but some. We're still going through it. I have I walked away uh, because they they told me to, but I walked away from my employer on April 30th, and I am at I believe it's uh, my 158th job application. It's not for lack of effort. I can I can assure you of that. Um, but you know I made up my mind about eight weeks ago. And I've had rough days, all right? I've had some really, I've, I've sought counseling. Um, I, have, I have had people to talk to so that I could help process uh, the different stages of grief and, and mourning that I have went through through this life change and how it happened is just as rough as just the simple fact that we're just unemployed. The how is really, uh, has really been rough. And... Um, you know, the, the year and a half prior to that, I lost an incredible amount of time with my wife uh, for several months, and I, I say months, and I'm not exaggerating, for several months, she would grab lunch and bring it to me, and we would sit in the parking lot for 30 minutes at work, and that was the only 30 minutes I saw her that day. Uh, if you're working 18 to 20 hours a day, six days a week, it doesn't leave much for anything else. So, I made a decision, and it was right after camp meeting, and I can't put my hand on anything that happened at camp meeting to say, oh, camp changed my life. It was a great camp, don't get me wrong, but there was no tangible thing that said, I just walked away happy because of that. But afterwards, we came home, and I was feeling pretty good, had a couple of rough days, and I finally, I finally, I looked at my wife and I told her, I said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm done with staying, just to put it in layman's terms, in the mully grubs. I'm, I'm done with 
with mourning. I'm done with uh, being sad. I'm done with feeling like this because I'm not going to squander what good time we have together to try to rebuild from the last year and a half we didn't have any time together. So I'm going to choose to be happy. So what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to explain to you this morning is we've all got a story. The problem sometimes is, is I don't know your story. And you don't know my story. So sometimes I think that works to our disadvantage. So that's why I want to be transparent with you for just a moment this morning because we all have things going on, but sometimes... All right, and I know that this is much easier said than done, but I am practicing what I am preaching today, and because I have done so, I don't know what I'll face tomorrow, but it is worth the risk. And I'm telling you, in the spirit and the eyes of the Lord today, sometimes you have to make a choice. Now, I'm not talking about those that, have, uh, that need to seek uh, professional counseling with psychologists. I'm not talking about people who, who, who have certain types of mental disorders or handicaps or anxieties. I'm not talking about those that need medication. I'm talking about those of us that just simply aren't happy. Life's not good. Family's not good. Friends aren't good. And things just seem to be going against you at, at kind of more of the common level. Sometimes we have to just say, I'm going to choose. And I'm not trying to suggest today that that choice makes all the bad go away. Because even since making my choice to say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be happy, I've still had bad days. I've still had days that when I woke up, I woke up with tears. I've still had days when I woke up, six hours later, my wife looks at me and says, what's wrong with you? It's just one of those days. I feel worthless. I feel like nothing. I, I, I hate the fact that I've got to start all over. But I tell you what it has done. My good days have outnumbered my bad days. And there is an adversary that is fighting the church, that's fighting the people of God. He wants to rob you of your smile. He wants nothing more than to take your joy. And how's he going to do that? He's going to put things into your life, circumstances, situations, things that are uncomfortable, things that are unnatural, things that, that you do not like. You may even despise them. They're so bad. And he's going to put them in your way and try to trip you up to say, well, if God doesn't love me any more than that, why should I try? But understand me today, ladies and gentlemen, that God, my relationship with God does not mean that, that bad has been eliminated from my life. It just simply means that I've been saved and I'm in relationship with the God who's in control. And if he never heals me again, I still believe he's a healer. If he, if he, and I don't even know what ifs to even give you today, but if he doesn't do it for me, I still believe he can do it for you. So I have to make a choice. That's all right. He's worthy. Sometimes I have to make Job 8 and 21 says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. 
Sometimes we're at risk of losing our smile, losing our joy. Sometimes we don't feel like shouting. I tell you, sometimes whenever, whenever I've walked away with my best victory, it's whenever I worshiped when I didn't feel like it. We don't always feel like laughing. We don't always feel like smiling. And if we're honest with ourselves, we, we don't even always feel like faking it. Sometimes it just is what it is. An article was published in a Houston newspaper several years ago called Hush Child, God Ain't Dead. The author wrote, I am not a connoisseur of great art, but from time to time a painting or picture will really speak a clear, strong message to me. Some time ago I saw a picture of an old burned out mountain shack. All that remained was the chimney and the charred debris of what had been the family's sole possession. In front of this destroyed home stood an old grandfather-looking figure dressed only in his underclothes with a small boy clutched in a pair of patched overalls. It was evident that the child was crying. Beneath the picture were the words which the artist felt the old man was speaking to the boy. They were simple words, yet they presented a profound theology and philosophy of life. Hush, child. God ain't dead. That vivid picture of burned out mountain shack and that old man and the weeping child and those words, God ain't dead, keep returning to my mind. Instead of it being a reminder of the despair of life, it has come to be a reminder of hope. I need reminders that there is hope in this world. In the midst of it all, of life's troubles and failures, I need mental pictures to remind me that all is not lost as long as God is alive and God is in control. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to tell you today, hush child, God ain't dead. While it might not feel good today, he's still in control. God's got you right where he wants you. He's not going to let anything happen to you that he doesn't ordain. That's sometimes the hard part to remember, but I'm telling you, when I walked away from employment April 30th, I knew I was doing so because God allowed it. Whatever situation you're facing today, it may not be good, and you may not understand why God is allowing it, but God's allowing it. And God never allows anything to come into your life with the intent to hurt you. It's to make us stronger. It's to help grow, draw us closer to Him. It's to help grow us in our salvation. For anyone who feels like they're losing in life, lost hope, want to put your shoes on and walk away, life's changed and everything's bad, bad is the new recipe, I've come to say, hush child, God ain't dead. The enemy of your soul may want to steal your joy, but hush child, God ain't dead. Don't lose your smile today. God's still in control. God's still at the helm. He's still got the wheel. He's still driving the bus. He still knows what to do for me. Somebody say amen. amen. Stand with me this morning if you would, please. The book of Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number 3. In closing, I want to read this today. It says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, 
that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Notice what's happening here. It's a swap. It's a trade, and you get the better end of the deal. He's trading you. If you've got nothing but ashes today, he's giving you beauty. If you've got mourning today, he will trade that for joy. That's a pretty good trade. If your spirit is heavy today and your shoulders are heavy and you're sinking under the weight of circumstances, he'll give you the garment of praise. Don't lose your smile today. God's got you. Be reminded today. Be encouraged today. God's got you. Hush, child. God ain't dead. Next time, when you wake up tomorrow and the devil starts whispering in your, whispering in your ear how bad things are, you say, hush. Hush in Jesus' name. God ain't dead. He's still alive. Well, I've been serving him and everything's not working out yet. Keep serving him. Keep serving. I don't serve him. Here's the thing. I don't serve God for my circumstances to work out. I serve God for God. Let the circumstances be what they are. If it's not right, keep serving him. If it's not good, keep worshiping him. If, it's, if all hell is broke loose in your life, keep coming to church. Keep glorifying God. He's still alive. Hush, child. God ain't dead. Could you lift your hands and magnify the name of the Lord together today? Jesus. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.